0: The Grizzden Podcast 2021 Offseason is presented by Walker Financial Management. John Morant is an NBA superstar in the engine of the Grizzlies offense, but he would be the first to tell you it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the court. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear lots of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivable, and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by, by visiting www walkerfm.com to schedule a free consultation with a certified bookkeeping professional today. Again, that's www.walkerfm.com
1: Don't you that trick!
2: that another off-season edition of the Grizz Den podcast. Ty Smith Sr. is in the building. Come on! And so is Brantley Davidson. Hey. What up? What up? What up? I'm Will. We're here to talk about the trades slash free agency options the Grizzlies have this off-season. In our previous two pods, we discussed Jaron Jackson Jr.'s Extension, Justice Winslow's team option, and now we get to the part of the program where we talk about guys that aren't on our roster, that could be on our roster if we really wanted them. Um, Let's go ahead and address the topic of trades because, guys, to be honest, the Grizzlies are in a very unique position in that they have... Uh, a lot of guys on the roster already signed under contract, and none of these guys make over $17 million. And that is very rare in the NBA, and it also makes trading a little bit more difficult because um, for guys that you're wanting to trade for, it's usually a, an asset. If you're in a position like the Grizzlies, you're trading for an asset that, let's say, let's use Ben Simmons for his an example. Uh, ben Simmons has been in a lot of trade rumors recently. And that's because he did not play well at all in the playoffs. And people are um, hypothesizing that Philly is going to want to move on from him and reset. We do not necessarily have um, the assets that would make sense to send back to Philly unless we sent, you know, four or five guys, um, which we're not going to do for Ben Simmons. And um, we'll go ahead and address this. As a as a Grizzden podcast, none of us are pro-Ben Simmons trade. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever next to a guy like John Morant, who's the cornerstone of your franchise, because guess what? John Morant is not a shooter. Ben Simmons is also not a shooter. We need shooting. We don't need Ben Simmons. But that's the example of a trade that a lot of people are Coming up with mock, um, you know, NBA trade machine type of trades. And we honestly don't see a lot from that standpoint. If anything, the trades that might happen for the Grizzlies, at least prior to the season starting, are just on the margins. And they're not ones that we're necessarily going to spend uh, valuable time pouring over. And so if you guys, and and also I'll mention CJ McCollum is another one. Damian Lillard's another one. Grizzlies are not just not going to be in the running for those guys. Uh, just because it doesn't make sense for us right now to do that. So um, if you have any trades, throw them out there at us. At Grizzden on Twitter. Tweet him at us. Getting our mentions. Ty Smith's burner account, as we call it. Um, he'll retweet him. And he'll comment on them.
0: I will. I
2: will comment you to death. we love to see them. So, with that said, we're actually going to abstain from any trade talk, and we're going to move into free agency because it's a very unique free agent year. It was was touted as this really big summer a couple years ago, but all these different guys have signed, and the summer isn't quite what it was going to be hyped to be uh, a few years ago. So... What I've done, guys, is I've made a list here for us to react to. And I'm going to start at the top with team needs, okay? Tell me if you agree with this this priority list of team needs. Top of the list for me, looking at this team, secondary playmaking. We have a lot of guys on our roster who rely on John Morant for their shots. We do not have a lot of guys that can create their own shots or create for others. To me Kyle Anderson comes to mind as a playmaker, a secondary playmaker next to Ja. If he is your your secondary playmaker, you are a team that, you know, might be at the bottom end of a playoff race. I I love Kyle. However, we need a guy who can come and step in and take the load off John, Kyle, because you can never have enough playmaking on a team. That's how the 2015 Warriors made their money. Granted, they also had Steph Curry, who was pretty good. However, in order to get Steph Curry open shots, they had to have playmaking. So secondary playmaker is the top of my list. Second is shooting. Third is size on the perimeter. We have a lot of two guards who are undersized. I'd combine two and three. Shooting and size. Shooting Shoots. with size. Agreed. Is a big one for me. I will accept that consolidation. We go. Finally, Just like the agre- moves we need to make? Agree- Agreed. Finally, I have rebounding slash Jaron Jackson insurance. Hmm. We don't really... Uh, we have Brandon Clark. We have Xavier Tillman. Sure. We don't necessarily... Neither of those guys I would call elite rebounders. We need a guy who can step in and be a a true back. I feel like combined those two guys are, are what I'm looking for. It's just kind of like the, 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 uh, dynamic version of Brandon Clark when he's playing well, as well as the, um, enforcer down low that Tillman can be when he's playing well. Um, so those are the four kind of, I guess now three we've consolidated. Do you guys want to add any team needs or adjust any based on what I just laid out?
1: No, uh, I think those are all great.
2: Okay, so here here's the situation. Thank you. For that I've, I've divided. Awesome. <laughs> thanks, thanks yes, for the input. Yes, concur.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you are so smart. That was really good.
2: All right, so I've divided these free agents that I've listed into three categories. Okay, the first category is called big swings. This is eighteen million dollars in the, a year and above. And the fact that it's $18 million, you might think, that doesn't sound like a lot. That speaks to the value of these free agents in this class, okay? There's just not a ton that I could see making $25 million plus. Go ahead, Ty.
0: I will say on the front end that to get to that number, we would have to, if you've listened to these pods consecutively, we talked about the justice stuff, we would have to basically just not you know, decline his team option and let him walk completely. He is so view this these next group of guys as justice no longer on our team. Think about it that way. If that happens, our maximum amount of cap space, let's just call it twenty four million dollars next year is the maximum we could possibly get. That is declining justice. That is declining Jonte Um, That can get us to 24. The projected practical cap, which means I guess most likely if we decline, justice would be about 22. So let's just think around 22 to 24 million if we decline justice's option. Correct. All right.
2: Great caveat. The first guy I have on the list is Duncan Robinson. He fills two needs that we consolidated: shooting and size on the perimeter. Let's talk about Duncan Robinson real quick. He is one of the best shooters in the world he is um a guy it's really his story is unbelievable if you've never looked um or heard of duncan robinson or or never researched his path in the nba he's playing division three in college gets discovered by miami um has served his time making literally just i mean five bucks a year, basically in NBA terms. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Michigan. Um, He's like 26, I think. Um, And he is due for a very big contract. He is hitting the market. I would say at a very fortunate time because I, I, I think he's going to be one of the top two or three highest played free agents uh, on the market this year. Um, So he fills the shooting need. He's also really tall. However, The downside to him is that he gets hunted on defense a lot. Not a great defender. However, there are those who would say that he makes up for it in the way that he opens up defenses. Could be very beneficial for a guy like John Morant who needs an open lane to have a guy who is as respected as Duncan Robinson. So he's the first one. He's also a restricted free agent, which means that if we offer him a contract Miami has the the right to match that contract and they will then retain the asset
0: that's the tricky part because they're going to um Drogic I believe is up this year that's 18 million that they get free Iggy also up I don't know how much his deal is worth but it's I believe it's double digits I think think he signed like a two for 30 yeah something like that there's some more um the uh, Oladipo thing is interesting because they technically have his rights. If they want to bring him back, they could look into that. Uh, I would imagine they would pick Duncan over Oladipo from what those two guys have shown individually moving forward. So yes, it would be awesome to have him. Uh, he shot 41% from three on 10 attempts a game this year, which is just insane. He shot forty-seven or forty-five percent from three last year on ten attempts a game, which means he's just out there shooting nothing but threes and hitting half of them. Um, really impressive. He would fit like a glove on this roster. Like teams would be terrified. And I would love to see if Jenkins can draw up fun plays for Grayson Allen. Think about the fun plays he could draw up for for Duncan. But sadly. Will, it's, it's just not going to happen.
2: It's not. And the reason why is because I think Duncan Robinson could be making $20 million a year realistically. That's a combination of market factors as well as just the fact that shooting in general is the skill to have in the NBA right now. And um, so I, I think Duncan Robinson's going to get paid. I think Miami would be foolish not to match. And um, we would also, that would mean us having a deal in place with him through maybe some um, illegal channels before the um, justice deal. Uh, Ty just alerted me that we could do a sign and trade. That is very much uh, something that could happen.
0: We could throw a first round at them, sign and trade Kyle Anderson and something else, you know, to make the money work and get back Duncan that kind of gives them a little bit more flexibility, gives them, you know, they have zero picks moving forward because they traded all of them. And if you know anything about Miami, they are big star hunting. There's rumors that Kyle Lowry is in play for them. He's going to be getting a big contract if he goes so, they may use a lot of that cap space on someone like that. So, there's a chance they won't match. Um, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. So, Duncan, that would to me be like
2: the swinging for the fences type of deal where he's going to be, you know, your second or third guy on the team is what you're saying to him by giving him that contract. Is we think you can be a top three guy on our roster and taking us to a championship. Um, unless you're a team that is willing to go deep into the tax, which the Grizzlies have not proven yet that they're willing to do that, but we don't know that in the future. They could be. All right, second guy out on my list is also a restricted free agent. He's Gary Trent Jr. He got traded to the Toronto Raptors for Norman Powell, who ironically is the next guy on my list. Both of those guys had expiring deals. Um, I think that this is the guy we've talked about before in previous pods. He is a um, a two guard, same same deal. He can shoot. Um, he plays really hard. He would be a really interesting fit. Does he next. know where to go? Plays really hard, knows where to go. He knows where to go. Okay. That's yeah, he's sure. got a good motor. Got it. Cool. <laughs> no, but he um he's also a restricted free agent. I, I do believe that Toronto would probably they're in the same position sort of as a Duncan Robinson type, where I would be shocked. If Gary Trent is not on the Raptors moving forward, it seemed as though Toronto made a a long term play rather than a short term. The Blazers were desperate for a short term boost, and they went after Norman Powell with the uh, who was on the Raptors and and traded one of their young assets for that. And so, I think if you're in a position of the Raptors, you're going to do what you can to probably retain Gary Trent unless he's making something like a max deal. <laughs> Um, or just below that. Any opinions on Gary Trent and whether that could be realistic for the Grizzlies? Brantley, what do you think?
1: I'd rate that close to a zero on the realistic scale based on the Raptors acquiring him.
2: Is he a guy you would pay, though, if given the opportunity? Like, is he a guy that you would, that would warrant a declining of the Justice Winslow option and giving him maybe an overpay of a 20-something million dollar a year deal? Like Duncan, or like an 18 million plus, which is this category.
0: Interesting topic. Uh, He's still really young, too. I think he's only like 22 or 23. Um, Can just absolutely stroke as well. Like just, I remember playing him in the bubble, and every time he touched the ball, I was just like, oh, Lord, not again. Um, Career 39%
1: three points. Yeah,
0: puts the fear in you. Can really stroke it. Has improved every year. Um, but yeah, Toronto traded Norman Powell for him because they knew Norman was going to get more money in the open market and Trent, they had a little bit more control over. Mm -hmm. I also think Toronto is in a different stage than what they were a year ago. Even I think Lowry's getting traded this summer. Um, I think they're going to have a ton of space and I think they're not afraid to kind of do whatever it takes. Um, I'm not, I don't think people are going to throw like a four for, you know, $90 million contract at Gary Trent. Um, I don't think that's realistic, but at the same time, I think Toronto is pretty much locking him up from the start. So
2: agreed. All right. So the next, so Norman Powell is the other guy who's expiring. He is, he is another dude who I expect to get a pretty big long term type deal. Um, He's a very valuable player right now for what people need. He's that um he's a third banana scorer. Um he can also play a little bit of defense. He is a little older. I'm not exactly sure of his age here, but he is um he's definitely a win now type asset is my point. Um he's 27. 27 years old. Okay. So he's kind of in his prime. He is He's a guy that I expect to get a pretty healthy deal as well. Um, he's been around that that mid-level type player range for a little bit of time, and he's good enough to warrant, I think, a bigger deal, which is why I have him in this $18 million-plus category. I'd be surprised if he got lower than that. Um, so it's Norman Powell, the two other guys I have in this category we we discussed on a previous pod, DeMar DeRozan and Tim Hardaway Jr. They're both guys that I could see getting a one-year really, really big deals, but then expiring shortly. So Norman Powell is more of the longer-term, DeMar and Hardaway Jr. Hardaway is hard to predict. DeMar, I think, is you're going to see this this one-year deal or two-year deal. Um, out of those three guys, what who intrigues you the most? Any opinions
1: there? I'd be more willing to do, like, a big one-year deal. Yeah. So, I am I mean, I don't really think DeMar, like, lifts our ceiling that much more. But I think he, he might could give us a one-year rental in a year where we might look to get off of some of our other vets, maybe. You know, like, if you think that some, you know – there's just been a lot of our players that I think have started to get some buzz based on the success this past year. Like I don't want to get rid of Jonas. I don't want to get rid of Kyle. I'm emotionally attached to both of those guys, but there's been team, you know, both of those guys could really help lift the ceilings. I think of some other, you know, franchises that could be moving to championship mode. I think we discussed this on another podcast where you were talking about how there could be volatility because teams think if they make a couple moves, they can get, in the running for, you know, a conference finals and championship run. And I think that, I think that Kyle and Jonas, Jonas, I like pr- pronouncing the J just for fun. <laughs> Jonas, uh, like my favorite Weezer song, but like, I, I think that both of those guys help like championship ros aspiring rosters. Yeah. And, and, um, so I, I think there's a there's there's a chance that those guys aren't on our roster at the end of the season. So adding someone like Demar, who's been around the league, you're renting him for a year. He's helping you score, just proving maybe the type of player that you need alongside of Josh. That's the kind of shot that I want us to take. That's why I, I talked about this in the in the past. Like I want us to not add justice because I want to be able to take this type of shot to sort of test does that type of player, even while limited maybe beyond the arc, help lift up Jaron and Jaws performance to help us improve as a team?
2: He is so interesting to me because um I don't see his game as one that's gonna be super uh desirable on the market i think too many teams are shifting entirely to uh three-point shooting the grizzlies ironically enough were the lowest three-point attempts per
1: game in the league and it feels like we're shooting a ton it does. <laughs>
2: and that's that speaks to how we have watched the grizzlies in the past where we're so used to all this uh, grit and grind if you will and I think a DeMar DeRozan signing would be doubling down on that and just saying, hey, let's try it out for one more year while we have all these guys on, on team-friendly deals. And we got a guy in DeMar who can who has experience closing games, can supplement Ja. He's not, ja isn't necessarily having to carry the load every single night. And he can explode for 40, DeMar can, um, on any given night. And he also takes some shots away from guys like Dylan Brooks to help Dylan focus on the defensive end. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Um, I do also want to reiterate that it does; it is predicated on us declining the justice option. And so you almost have to start having those conversations and back channels right now with Damar's camp. Um,
0: he's the most realistic out of these five guys to me for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I think you're right. I think one thing about uh, Powell is that you can't, a month ago I would have told you, yeah, of course he's gonna be with the Blazers. They traded to keep him long term. But now with the Dame stuff that's come out, like you have I have no idea what's gonna happen in Portland this offseason. I have no clue. Um you would think that if they trade Dame, like if they really trade him, which is just crazy to think about, everything is off the table. Like at that point, if you're Neil O'Shea, which is the Basically, the head guy in Portland, like you're just you're stripping it all down, right? So, like, even if you sign and trade with Norman Powell, you're not going to pay him twenty-something million dollars a year to come be your number one guy on a twenty-five win team or what? Like, you're just not going to do that. Um, So, I think he becomes in play more now than what he was even a few weeks ago after the Dame stuff. Um, I also will say Norman Powell was having a career year with Toronto before they traded him to Portland. He was just going, he was insane. He was averaging 23 points basically on 50 44 90 or like 87 shooting splits, which is crazy good. Um to yeah, your uh, to do your DeRozan thing that kind of the benefit of both of those guys if when the offense gets stagnant, which, you know, that can v- happen very frequently with the Grizzlies, they are both two guys that you clear out a side of the court, throw them the ball on the extended wing, and say, hey, go get us a good shot.
2: Especially DeRozan. He's done that Especially his whole career. Especially
0: DeRozan is a king of the mid range. Apparently, his foot, people talk about his footwork like it's just the greatest in the league. Pump fakes. Yes. Um, if you were to give me, like, who would I rather want, I'm, I'm in the camp with both of y'all that I would rather have DeRozan. Also, DeRozan is, like, he's kind of changed his game a little bit. Yeah, he's shooting a lot less threes. He also averaged over seven assists per game this year, which means the guy is not just, like, a one-track mind, I'm just going to go score. Like, he's a creator in the whole sense of a creator, right? He's getting shots for others as well as himself. And he's super trustworthy and crazy dependable in that mid mid range game, and when things die down, like you could just throw him the ball and trust that like he's gonna go get a good shot, whether it goes in or not. Usually it does, but you can trust that he's gonna do that. I, I almost would do like a three or four year deal for DeRozan if he like really wanted it. Well I don't know what he's looking for. He's 31 years old, going on 32. Does he want to try to win a championship and take a less role? I have no idea. Um, Does he want to be a, a main guy moving forward on a continual playoff team? I have no idea. We can offer him the latter. We can't offer him the former. So it's just kind of curious to see what he wants and what we would be willing to give him, which I don't think we would just break our bank for him. I could see a four for 80. I think he'll get a lot more
1: than that, though. Yeah, wouldn't, and wouldn't a team in contention – I'm sort of surprised to hear that you don't think that his value is going to be more just based on the fact that he's an unrestricted free agent. I think I it like will. I, I think because he's an unrestricted free agent, you're going to see one of these high like teams that don't have to give up much other than just paying a salary and figuring it out later. Go get him. I don't know if there's a team out there. To be honest with so, you. So, like, Dallas is a great example.
0: Like, Dallas lets Tim Hardaway Jr. walk. They have, like, Josh Richardson's gone for sure. Like, they can have the money to piece together a DeRozan deal. And that's a team where you could realistically say, like, hey, you have Luka. Like, this team could go pretty far. And I could see DeRozan being like, I could see that.
2: But I don't know if Dallas... Needs a guy who's just automatic from the mid range when you have Luca. That's a great point. Like, I, Tim I just, Hardaway
0: fits their system almost better than exactly. DeRozan.
2: I think you need more catch and shoot guys. Um, who in, I mean, DeRozan's an elite shot creator, it's just where his shots are. The way of the NBA has gone opposite of DeMar DeRozan, and I just think that I think you guys like while we have this built-up equity of DeMar DeRozan in our minds, because I I believe that he is a great player, but I just don't see the money that he's going to expect be there for him. And at that point, I think you're going to be, if you're in his camp, you're in a situation like, let me go get as much as I can right now because I don't think that long-term deal is going to be out there. I don't think a 4 for 80 is out there for What is?
1: What did Bobby Marks say about him in that same article? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, his article was specifically for the Grizzlies,
2: so he oh, didn't okay. have he it didn't for all first. the guys. But I just, I mean, it's really gone sideways for DeRozan's market. Like, it's, it's not, people are not necessarily in the market for a guy like that who is going to be the heliocentric type of offense surrounding him like the Spurs have it right now. And I think the Spurs are in a position
0: where it's got to, something's got to change. I think he's not, I I would highly doubt him going back to San Antonio. Right. Um, And obviously I don't have any intel. I have no idea what's going on in NBA circles. But just from the outside looking in and watching a ton of NBA and reading a ton of stuff, I wouldn't think he would go back there. Um, honestly, I think like he would fit crazy well with our team. I really believe that. I think Jaw is like really, really good off the ball. He's just not able to do off the ball stuff because we don't have anyone else that can create outside of Kyle, and that's still a little limited. Like you see, every time Jaw's off the ball, Kyle's throwing him a lob half the time. Right? Jaw's a great cutter, super good off the ball. I think DeRozan at that like elbow extended, like we talked about, it makes a ton of sense. It turns Dylan into this catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, which we've screamed about for all this. Like That's his best attribute, just stand there and shoot open threes. I think it would make a ton of sense. Yeah, is that going to make us a title contender? Definitely not. Is it going to make us like extremely competitive in a really deep West, able to grow these guys while also not, again, back to Brantley's point in previous pods, giving up a ton of assets? We would give up nothing for him. We would just pay him. I, the space that we already have.
2: I would say 2 for so, 40 is my ideal for DeMar DeRozan, a 2 for 40. That makes sense. And just you're you're kind of maximizing this window of cap space while also not mortgaging your future on a guy who cannot shoot outside of 25-26 feet. So
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's an unreal it is a realistic option. Um you know, for us, you know, we're sort of just speculating on lots of things that are out there, and I, I do think there's enough. You know, sort of in our in my world, from a marketing perspective, sometimes with, you know, our clients, we would just say, hey, like instead of just, you know, paying for the accumulation of a really perfect plan, let's just go get something into market and test it really quickly. And pay for data that way. And that could be a way that you get a little, I, I keep using rental because you know he's not necessarily going to be something as a part of your long-term core. But to see like what are some different types of things and positions you could put him in. And like, look, the dude, I know with San Antonio, he's he's really struggled from beyond the arc. But his last season in Toronto, he was shooting 3.63s per game at 31%. Like that's That's close. I know this sounds terrible, but this is close to that's Kyle level performance this year. It doesn't take much to your point. Based on what his two point, like his prolificness, I guess you would say with his mid range, which is making a strong comeback, which I love this year. Yep, like you would take that. I think. I mean, you would. T- I mean, you, you can't force him to shoot three. Maybe, and he could have lost a bunch of confidence in it, or it just could have been because he was carrying the offensive burden in San Antonio, so he didn't have. He wasn't able to get really good looks, which we know, playing a long jaw, you're going to get some good looks here and there.
2: All great points. I honestly didn't expect that big of a conversation about DeRozan, but I enjoyed it.
1: I like.
0: I'm. I'm kind of locked into the DeRozan idea. I don't know why I shouldn't be. But I kind of am. I just God, it'd be the just, ultimate zag. For he the just Grizzlies. maybe he just seems like it. It makes a ton of sense for just a stabilizer on offense. He's not like a great defender. He's probably not awful. He can hold his own on like your third best. I don't know. He wouldn't be guarding this
1: stud perimeter. Like that would be Dylan's job, right? When do you think the last time he averaged for the season per game below twenty points? I'm looking
0: at it, so I'm not gonna cheat. Ooh. So it's on me, huh? I'm gonna it's, say it's a long, it's longer I'm gonna than anything. 2014, 2012,
1: 2013 Ooh. season. So like you're you're talking about like uh, I mean it to me this is the value of declining justice. It's going. It, I mean he maybe he's like the golden egg for the Grizzlies this this season. And I know there's not a ton of options out there. I still just, I'm skeptical. I really think the fact that he's unrestricted, somebody's going to step up. I mean, I get that maybe that's the case. I just, we'll see. I don't know. Well, yeah. and overpay, which I don't want us to overpay. We're talking about all this in reference of getting him at a number that isn't longevity wise. Right. I would pay him a lot next year. Right. Exactly. A one-time deal. A I don't care. A one to
2: two-year deal to me is Great. very palatable.
1: It's kind of like, I don't remember what Vince Carter's deal was with this. It was like, three years or something like that I think yeah, it was palatable
2: um, okay let's go to the guys that I say are like above mid-level which is about nine and a half million so between nine and a half million and eighteen, 18 there's three there Doug McDermott absolutely Josh Hart who's a restricted Ooh. free agent and Will Barton who has a player option for 14 mil I'm not on
1: Barton um, Barton you're not talking into the microphone <laughs> they
2: can't hear Ty they said hear he's them. out on Barton <laughs> Um, I would be very interested to see if Barton decides to pick up that player option or not. Um, if he doesn't, I mean, he's, that's a bet on himself and a bet on the market. He, he's going to be betting that he can make more than 14.6 mil because that's what his player options for. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's also probably looking at the nuggets saying Michael Porter Jr. is about to slide into my real estate here, become that second or third scorer on a team Jamal Murray—it's kind of getting crowded here for me. He's going to look for an opportunity elsewhere. He seems like a guy. Seems like a guy who's going to follow the money. And I—I I think this front office is a little bit more. Barton is is more of a microwave kind of sixth man, who also has this starter sort of mentality. Um, personally, I don't see it on the Grizzlies, but I wanted to list him because I thought that that was a guy in that range that we could potentially afford. Um, so, Will Barton, and then let's talk about McDermott, and let's talk about Josh Hart. Josh Hart's a restricted free agent. I think he's going to get paid this off season. He's a shooter. Um, what is he going to get paid? I think he's going to get probably Dan 15 a year.
0: More than Melton?
2: I think he is, because he can actually shoot. He can. Um, but, okay, him or McDermott, are those are any of those names intriguing? We actually mentioned McDermott on our Justice Winslow pod. Um, I could see him sliding in pretty nicely in the Grizzlies' rotation. He's got size, he can shoot, and that was. And he, I don't know what his assist numbers are off the top of my head. McDermott, yeah. Uh, okay, so he's yeah. not he's not a he's not a creator, so he doesn't fill our primary. Last year one. he was
1: around one per game.
2: Okay. He's more of the second uh, need, which is still a big need, shooting and and, uh, creation on
0: ball.
1: Is Josh unrestricted?
0: No. Josh Hart is restricted. Okay. But New Orleans is getting real nippy towards that cap, especially if they look into re-signing Lonzo. They're going to be running out of room in a hurry. Yeah. Um, They're paying Steven Adams and I like Josh Hart. I, think I do, he, too.
1: I think Josh Hart is good, man. Josh
0: Hart is a...
1: He ain't scared.
0: He's a John Contra on steroids. He, he does, does a, a little, little bit of everything. Yep. He rebounds crazy well um, for a guard. He averaged seven rebounds a game. Sorry, eight rebounds a game this year. Is he a poor man, Norman Powell? Is nuts. No. Not Norman poor man. Powell. No, because Norman Powell is like, get him the ball and he's going to go create a shot. Josh Hart is like... More spot on Dirty work okay. kind of guy. Okay. Like, I'm going to grind on defense. I'm going to get every offensive rebound that I can. I'm going to just crash all the boards. Josh Hart, the last few years, he shot 39% from three as a rookie. That went to 33% next year, 34% the following, and 33% this past year on four attempts a game. A little bit below average three-point shooter. Uh, if he didn't have to do too much, just kind of stand there and shoot threes. But he's kind of like, again, he's like your dirty work. He's going to do a lot of the the grind work. Um,
1: not really great at one thing.
2: He's a slightly richer man than D'Anthony Milton. Mm. Just
1: bigger version so of it's, 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 yeah. Are we assuming that we're like making some consolidation moves too with this type of pickup?
2: This would be a, um, to me, if we were to make an offer for Josh Hart, it has to be enough to where New Orleans wouldn't match. And then at some point during the season, you're making a move to probably get under um, a line there on your salary. So you're you're probably starting the season
0: over the cap. He can't and then you're exist. Under. Yeah, he can't exist on our current roster with all the guys that we have. We would have to do like a sign and trade with uh, Grayson to New Orleans. We'd have to do something like that to clear up another roster spot. If we have Bain, Grayson, Melton... Conchar, all I mean Conchar, you know he's not necessarily in he's the mix for playing time. Right? We can't also bring in Josh Hart and expect and Justice for that matter. Like we just can't do it all. So somebody's gonna have to go if that happens.
1: Right? I think I'm out on all these. Fair. After looking through them, I, I, I originally would have said I was in on Dougie Mc, Dummy Dougie Mc, mcbuckets <laughs> Sorry, I'm stuttering. <laughs> But Uh, after looking – after talking to it and looking at Josh Hart, I don't think I want to make any – I'll put a cap on on my
0: version. Of all the guys that you've mentioned, I think the DeRozan thing is what I would be – if we do anything in free agency, that's the one I prefer. If we were to decline Justice's option, get enough money to offer enough money for DeRozan to bring him in, be that stabilizing two-guard – allow Dylan to play his primary role of defensive stopper, spot-up shooter, let Ja be able to create but also play off ball, put some pressure off of him. Him and Jonas are good buddies from their Toronto days. It makes sense. Of all the guys that you've mentioned, I think if free agent thing, what I would like the most would be that. All right, mid-level and below, I have one guy that I really like
2: on this list, and it's Alec Burks. He is a he was a microwave for the Knicks this season. He was a guy who was not making a ton of money. I think he earned himself more. I'm pretty sure he had like a one-year deal this year. I might be wrong on that, but he is a guy to me is if you're looking to save money but potentially get a guy who's going to outperform whatever contract you give him, Alec Burks makes sense for the Grizzlies. And y'all are <laughs> shaking your heads, and I don't really know why, because we're in a position right now where we're about to have like 14 roster spots filled, including our first-round draft pick. And we're not going to be able to afford any of these other guys unless we decline an option like Winslow, which we don't think we're going to do. And Alec Burks, to me, is the has the highest chance of outperforming a deal. And he also is not going to be in uh, super expensive, but is also valuable enough
1: to get stuff done. I think he is like the only player on the Knicks roster that could like shoot threes so that's why he was their microwave guy. He'll be Besides back. Randall. I'll
0: take it. He'll be back with New York I think. Um, I just really want to mention on his basketball reference they have nicknames for every player. His first nickname mentioned is Houdini. <laughs> Where that comes from <laughs> I have no idea but I'm out on Alec aka Houdini Burks. Uh, no thanks.
2: Let me also mention that his third nickname on the list is A Buckets. Okay? So, I will take I don't need Buckets. that guy
0: taking minutes from Bane, which is what would happen. I don't need I don't need that. Okay. Bane well, is going to start at the two agree, and play dude. 27 minutes a night and shoot 75% from 3. And I can't wait.
2: Okay, well, the thing is is we're going to need to fill our roster out with somebody and we're also going to need to get to the salary floor. Um, and so I think that's going to come from somewhere and I could see us using a mid-level type guy, um, like Alec Burks, who can actually come in and I play love competent thought, though. minutes. I love the thought. He is a competent NBA player who actually played really well in this past year's he playoffs. Did. He did play well. He for them. was the Knicks of offense when Julius Randle was, um, not playing very well if you will. So I really like Alec Burks. I don't think he's a high ego guy either. He's. I was
1: really hoping that you had said whenever Julius Randle disappeared because he was Houdini. So he kind
2: of. Oh, wow. I missed an opportunity there. Okay.
0: Houdini. Where did that come
2: from? I have no clue. We're going to have to put our,
0: uh, I bet it was on that. uh, Can you talk to your next sources for us, Ty? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw my a text.
2: Other guys, mid-level and below who are free agents. Sterling Brown, Austin Rivers, Tory Craig, Mo Harkless, and Kelly Olynyk. These are all guys that um, I would want to like. I only put guys on the list that I could make a point to want on the Grizzlies, but um, none of these guys are necessarily needle movers. Uh, these are more so just competent NBA veterans who can uh, come out and play minutes, similar to a Solomon Hill on the roster that a couple years ago. Um, out of those guys, I think that um, Tory Craig might make some sense. He can play defense. He can also spot up if you want. He's just a three and D yeah. guy. He plays hard. Mo Harkless, I think, is underrated. He's a guy who you don't who you think he's like thirty three, and he's really like in his late twenties. Um, he can still play as well. Um, Olenek can hit some threes. Rivers has shown that he can play in the playoffs, but he kind of is um, fills that. Spot that we already have three guys like Desmond Bain, D'Anthony Melton, and Grayson Allen in. Um, Sterling Brown, I've always been intrigued by. Um, he's on the Rockets right now. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, any other guys that we haven't talked about that are going to hit free agency that we need to, or have we have we talked about just about all of them?
0: I think we hit all of them. I think there's, a f- there's three or four names that could truly make a difference, and the other ones are like – roster fills. Um, I think DeRozan, Duncan Robinson, I think McBuckets would be interesting on our team to be kind of like the first guy off the bench, run a lot of plays for him. If he's hot, leave him in. I think those guys, Norman Powell, I think is going to, I don't really know. I think we'd have to pay him too much. But I think those, those three to four guys are really interesting. Um. I I'm, I'm just really curious in the Derozan thing. I like if he was on our team this past year, I wonder how, I just I wonder what it would look like cuz I don't think he takes away from what we already do. I don't know. I yeah. don't think it's going to happen, but I think it'd be interesting.
2: I think prediction-wise for any of these guys, I honestly think that the most likely signing is in that bottom group, just somebody that were is a veteran. Who is not going to expect to play a lot of minutes, and um, just by virtue of Winslow, Winslow, Winslow's options, you know, likely to Winslow's option likely to be picked up is what I'm trying to say. Um, but anyway, that was our our trade slash free agency podcast. Um, again, sparse market out there. It'll be super interesting to see what the Grizzlies do with this uh, for Brantley. For Ty, I'm Will. Thanks for joining us.